Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Krista Wathen first came on my radar in a manner that many people seem to pop up in my life these days, via social media, Twitter to be exact. If you follow her feed, you might know that this Latina is a former banker who now resides in Stockholm, Sweden, where she is pursuing a PhD in archaeology. And since I'm always in search of a good story, she was right up my alley, and I wasn't wrong. As it turns out, Krista is a former third culture kid which I discovered in the process, who was raised in the Bahamas before moving to Florida. I would argue moving to Florida is a transition for anyone, much less someone coming from an international location. And when I mean Florida, I mean Northern Florida, aka not Miami. That move led to some challenges, including the discovery that she was suffering from hearing loss. But despite that discovery, Krista didn't let that stop her from pursuing her dream opportunities. In this episode, you will learn more about that transition to the U.S. and the accompanying cultural shock that comes with identity, nationality, and ethnicity. She opens up about her experiences living and traveling as a hearing-impaired individual. She also reveals why she made that change from finance to studying and living in Sweden. She is a numbers person after all, so you can bet money played a role. The name of her brand is The Ritual Thinker, and as you will hear, that title is more than apt to describe her. Welcome to The Global Chatter. <laughs> no, it's okay. All right. We have started our latest episode of The Global Chatter, and I think this is going to be a good one. Now, I'm to be fair, I say that about every episode, but I have yet to be wrong. So, so I think this is going to be a great episode. Krista, welcome to the Global Chatter. Thank you for having me. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's here's the thing. Like I, whenever I I start these episodes, I, I and I've said this in the intro, so they would have already heard this. I get really excited when I see third culture kids out in the wild. And I was saying that before we got on. And so I think this is going to be a great conversation because I'm really excited to sort of hear your experiences and your life in Sweden and kind of the things that happened before Sweden. So, so we're just going to jump in. So here's the deal. I asked this question of everybody. Where does your international story start? So where does it begin? <laughs> I guess I will have to start with the day I was born. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I was uh, born in the U.S., but at the time, my parents were living in the Bahamas. Um, and so it was just easier because my mom's Honduran and uh, my dad is American. So I would have been a U.S. citizen anyway. But my parents did not want to deal with the embassy. So <laughs> they were just like, you know what? She's going to be American anyway. She'll just be born in the States. Wow. Okay. And then after about... <laughs> I think my, my parents are a bit iffy on the timeline, but a few weeks later, I was, uh, I officially moved back to the Bahamas and then I was, uh, raised there. So that's, uh, the short story. <laughs> how, oh my goodness. How, okay. So of course, because we're in the winter, it's like winter in the Northern hemisphere or getting yes. into winter, the Bahamas sounds lovely. How long did you live in the Bahamas for? Uh, up until I was age 11, 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What was, what was, what was the reason that, that 
took your family there? Uh, my dad just found work there. And then he actually still works there. So I mean, I still have like family there, I guess, and I can still go and visit and everything. So it's not like I haven't lost that attachment. It's just that it's a little different now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. So, and so I guess like the interesting question is your mom is Honduran. So where do you know where they met? Where did your parents meet? They met in Honduras. But, okay. So they- <laughs> yeah. My, my dad decided to do a study abroad in Honduras of all places. And then, <laughs> uh, and then he met my mom who studied English in the States. Uh, and so she spoke English uh, with a Bostonian accent because she learned English in Boston. And he was just like, why am I meeting this Honduran girl with a Bostonian accent? <laughs> Which if you're American, you yeah. know, Bostonian accents are really particular. Exactly. Like, that's hilarious. So <laughs> I don't know what's, what's funnier. The fact that your dad studied abroad, like Real talk. I don't know how many people even now are like, I'm going to study abroad in Honduras. Yeah. And so the fact that your father did that or that your mom had this accent, what was the, was your father, was there a particular reason he wanted to go to Honduras or was it just like, it's close? He said he had a lot of friends uh, who he went to school with at university who were from Honduras. And he was like, oh, oh what the hell? Let's oh, go see where they're from. <laughs> okay, your father sounds kind of hilarious, actually. <laughs> he had his moments. Wow. And so that that's where they met. And then they where did they go from there? Did they go to the Bahamas? They came to the States? Did they what they do? Uh they eventually came to the States and then a few years later they went to the Bahamas. And then um, they kept flying back and forth to Honduras so my mom could be, you know, see her family and everything. But uh, it was pretty much they were mostly living in the Bahamas. And then mm-hmm. when uh, they decided it was time for me and my brother to go to school in the States, uh, they moved us to the States then. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. What, was, what do you remember growing up in the Bahamas? Like, what was life like for you there? You know how you put everything in rose-colored glasses? Yes. And then you go back, <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, oh, that, that, uh, like, it was, it was really nice, but when I went back, I realized how much I was missing because it's such a touristy place, and a lot of the stuff, um, like experiences and everything are geared towards tourists, so mm. as a local, you don't really have, uh, you have, you know, things to do, of course, I'm not saying you don't, but you rely on other countries, like say the US, to mm-hmm. get things. So I remember having to go to the States to buy clothes. I remember having to go to the States to sometimes buy um, cereals because they mm-hmm. were too expensive and, yeah. uh, you know, like things like that. So it was a good childhood and I had a really nice time growing up and everything, but I do remember things being so expensive, everything being towards tourists, which yeah, is it good? Yeah, because you kind of lose the culture in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, and I actually thank you for sharing that because I think sometimes, especially with third culture kids, I have this conversation with folks. Do we remember things better than they really were, and is it partially because you know you're a child? Yes. So there's just things in the world you don't know, right? Yes. Or is it, no, things things aren't the way we thought they were. It just, because of whatever privileges we had, it just seemed better. Or, or things just look different than yeah. maybe as an adult. Yeah. And so, I, and I wondered about that, especially living in an area that you're right, that is catered to tourists, because I, I feel that way about Las Vegas, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody goes to, to Vegas to have fun on the strip. Yeah. But then there are people who live in Las Vegas who are like, I never go to the street. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. So, <laughs> so, I, so, but do only this, it being the Bahamas and, and you have finite space with an island. What did you do for fun as a kid? Like, did you, was it just playing with other kids? Did you, what, what could you do? It was definitely playing with other kids. Um, I had a few other neighbors uh, that we used to hang around with and everything. So you were able to find kids your age. I never really 
hung out with any tourist kids. Not that mm-hmm. there's anything wrong with them. It's just that yeah. uh, they, they were, were usually... <laughs> yeah, and uh, you, you, the hotels had these bands, so uh, you couldn't enter the hotel unless you had that band. And mm. so all the other kids had those bands, and, you know, we did it because we're not. Because <laughs> we're local. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do remember it was always, we used to play outside, of course, like 90s kids and everything. And then, uh, but I just remember being outside all year round, aside from the cold months. <laughs> And they say cold because they're not really cold. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel you. Like, uh, right. I mean, I grew up in sub-Saharan Africa, right? Yeah. So this this thing called winter, I still am like, I don't know why we do this. But I guess. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) To experience the season is what I tell myself. Whatever. I don't need it. (laughs) I don't don't need it at all. And you know what's funny? Everywhere I have lived... I realized this as an adult, even in the U.S., I've only lived where it's warm. Like I refuse to live where, <laughs> where it's. And then I went abroad as an adult and lived abroad and I lived in the Middle East and it was hot because I was in the Gulf. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I was in the desert. Like I, I just refuse to, to go where it's cold. That's so. The, that's oh the opposite goodness. for me. I've only ended up in cold places and every time I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> why am do I you do this to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so, so l- let me ask you this question. So this is, this is the inevitable question of every third culture kid. You've lived in this country for about 10 years or so. You've grown mm-hmm. up, right? And then you go, and I always put in quotes, home, because that's a moving target for all of us. What state did you move to? Florida. Okay. So temperature-wise, not the worst. No. (laughs) No, it's about the same. What was the experience living in Florida? So transit. So so think back, leaving the Bahamas, and now you are (laughs) a Floridian. What was yeah. that like for you? Oh my God. I, so, uh, I, when, when I was living in the Bahamas, you went to, I went to Bahamian school. So all my friends were Bahamian. Okay. Um, and I had a very strong Bahamian accent, uh, which okay. sometimes comes out when I get upset or when I get, when I drink a little too much, but you know, it happens. Uh, yeah. so when I moved to the States, I had this really strong accent and, Nobody could understand a word I was saying at all. Uh, And the worst part of it was, is that when I said I was from a different country, everybody was like, because it was kind of a small-ish town, I guess you could say. It's not really Mm -hmm. small anymore, but uh, uh, people were like, oh, the Bahamas. Like They would ask all these questions and everything. And it made me feel more like an outsider. And so even... I never felt like an outsider in the Bahamas. I never did. Yeah. And even when I go back and I see my friends, I don't, I still don't feel like an outsider. Sometimes they joke around and call me, oh, the tourist. But right, uh, right. because technically I am now. So I mean, fair enough. But in the States, I've never, I never, or in Florida, I never felt Floridian. Yeah. I always felt somewhat outside of the whole group. It's like, oh, she's not really one of us because she didn't. She has all these other experiences than us that we don't relate to and she doesn't relate to us because it's not the same. And uh, so I tried my best to, you know, acclimate myself, change my accent a little bit to sound more like them. But in the end, uh, I don't feel sometimes I tell people I have uh, when they ask me where I'm from, it's always a difficult question for me to answer because technically I. I'm not from anywhere. I'm almost from everywhere. You know, it's kind of hard to say. So sometimes depending on who I'm talking to, I will say Florida. Because it's an easy answer. I don't get any more questions. Uh, That's it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be asked more questions. (laughs) Same. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But here's what happened. So when I was on, I was in a, where was I flying? Brazil. Yeah. And there was an American couple and I was just excited that someone spoke English, right? Because I'd been fly, I'd been traveling through South America. Yeah. And they were like, where are you from? And I was too lazy to say Richmond, Virginia, because if you're not American, 
Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to you. So I would say where I was born, which yeah. is D.C., Washington, yeah. D.C. And they went, oh, my gosh, we're in Washington, D.C. Like, we're from. And they were <laughs> they were like <laughs> from the area. And I went, oh, crap, you actually know. I forgot. You know stuff. This is really where I'm from. And, and so, yeah, I, I have that. Ac- I have that moment, too, where I'm like, I am too lazy to explain and I don't feel like it. Yeah. So can I ask a sort of a different question then with that? Yeah. I'm curious. So if we take you back to that age and people are are wondering, okay, you lived in the Bahamas. Oh. Did that did that take people kind of aback? Because I assume some people would be like, Well, isn't the Bahamas a predominantly black country? So yes. if you if you said you I, were I from had the Bahamas. several I had several mean girls moments. Uh so uh when I saw that on the screen in grade nine, I was just like <laughs> Did they like read my diary? <laughs> but you're not black. How could you be from the Bahamas? It's like, right. I, don't know. I never knew how to respond to that because I was just like, <laughs> okay. What do you want me to say? No, but it's, a, it's such a funny like remark when people do that because you can live somewhere and not be the same race or ethnicity or you could live somewhere and be a different ethnicity and still be from that place, but people yeah. just can't, they can't, they, they, can't, they can't fathom it. <laughs> like, and so, and, and okay. So with, but here's, here's then my second question, you being in Florida, now your mother's Honduran. So she's Latina. Yes. Is that is, is your father or he is not? He's just white. He's just like, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> he's a, that's totally he's a, He's a British uh, descent American, essentially. Okay. So, I mean, that's... Okay. He, he, he's just Caucasian. Okay. Yeah. So, so was there ever... I, I mean, because I, I think this is a question, particularly folks of color when they come to the United States. Was there ever questions about your identity, right? So yeah. I always talk about even being Black, but growing up in a, in a predominantly Black country when I came back to the States, sort of mm-hmm. going... There's a lot of things I don't know because I wasn't here, right? Yeah. Culturally. Yeah. Did you ever face that with someone who you have a Latina identity and they're like, but I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I remember it being more of a thing when I moved to the States. Yes. I think uh, when I was growing up in the Bahamas, it wasn't really a thing. Um, I mean, people knew, but I think it might have been because everybody knew who my mom was and everybody knew who my dad was. So nobody ever asked any other questions they just never said anything but when i moved to the states all of a sudden we were the new kids on the block and all of a sudden mm-hmm. people were asking us these questions and uh people would always i mean not always but every once in a while there were some instances where people they would see my mom and they would be like are you adopted uh, or then they'll like, eventually they'll see my dad. They're like, oh, I can see why you're so white now. <laughs> and always. I'm always like, <laughs> sorry, I'm not. I don't, right. I don't, you know, and it's always. The U.S. is so awkward with this. Like, yes, <laughs> like and I'm just like, I don't know why we're like the most, and I'm not saying other countries always handle race right, but like we, we, we either ask or we assume. Like yeah. the worst is when we just assume. <laughs> like, and, then, which, oh, and I'm just like, yeah, and <laughs> so was the idea that you were. I'm tr- correct me if I'm wrong. Was the idea that you were too pale <laughs> to be Latina? Is that what people thought you were too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. It was. I remember in what year was it? Uh. I think it, it was sometime in high school and uh, so I would have been like 14 or 15 at this age and it was St. Patrick's Day rolled around and I was, I never, I mean, <laughs> we never, I never celebrated St. Patrick's Day. I just, right. I, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, there's no reason to. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Unless you're Irish, I guess. But, right. uh, but and, apparently Americans celebrate it harder than the, yeah, <laughs> the Irish do. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, somebody had asked, they were like, oh, uh, at one point my nickname ended up being Ireland because they're like, oh, you must be Irish because you look so Irish. 
And of course, I'm just like, you know what, you guys, <laughs> y'all are the strangest bunch. They, they've never seen an Irish person and decided that you, you look like what could be Irish. <laughs> so funny. I'm not like, I'm not surprised. I'm just like, yeah, that's, yeah, it sounds about, it sounds about right. Yeah. It, it. <sighs> it's always it's always awkward and i think uh a lot of some americans are very awkward about it <laughs> i mean yeah, yes that's yeah. that's the that's the nice way of playing. <laughs> and because i i mean i i tell people and i've said this in previous episodes that i probably had to think more about identity when i came back to the states than probably in any other situation just because we we need to have people in boxes yeah so that, for whatever reason so we can understand and so you know when people would ask me well why do you live abroad <laughs> whenever I lived abroad and came back people would be like oh was your family in the military like they didn't even ask why yeah. <laughs> same <laughs> They're just like, oh were you in the military and you're like yeah in the Bahamas <laughs> Yeah, because there's a base in the Bahamas, you know. Right. Nobody gets sent there. That's actually the worst place to go. Right. But there's such assumptions. And I, I feel the hardest part of a third culture kid is always having to explain repeatedly your story, especially to people who may or may not met. I hate to say it, but may or may not met, right? Like yeah. you just met them and you're like, I don't want to go into why, what. Exactly. Which is why I just settled all Florida at this point. Because, you know, they <laughs> ask no more questions. I one time said, I, it was actually in Sweden. I didn't want to explain. I just said, oh, I'm from the U.S. And then they started asking me which state. And I'm just like, oh. clearly said the country. Just, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then did you did you tell them Florida eventually? Yeah. And were they like, like, oh Florida. my gosh. They're like, oh, okay. And then they Are you from Miami? Miami? Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, <sighs> you know what? I didn't even ask because I've been to Florida and I know Florida is very different. What part of Florida did you guys move to? Oh, you know, Gainesville. Oh, my You're God. In the area. Oh, my God. <laughs> no offense to anyone from Gainesville, but that's North Florida, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Panhandle. Uh, not quite. Not uh, quite panhandle. Not quite. It's uh panhandle it, adjacent. Uh, I guess so, but uh you kind of have to still like it's like panhandle's like two hours away. Okay. So, so you're not quite No, I but, would say more it's uh southern Georgia than anything else. That's that's yeah. That's, that's the running joke. <laughs> I might get attacked for saying that, but you know what? I stand by that. You're in Europe. You're fine. The people that attack you are not going to go that far. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Okay. Do you ever have to explain Gainesville to people? Or you're just like you wouldn't. <laughs> Do you just let it be right? I I don't go any further than that. Usually, Florida is usually the end, and they say Miami, and I'm just like, oh yeah, Miami's nice. <laughs> And it then is the, nice. And then, and then uh, <laughs> that's it. And it doesn't go any further. And then usually, especially in Europe, uh, several. It doesn't matter which country they're from, really. They'll say Miami. And they're like, oh, I've been to Miami. I really like it. And they'll start telling me about all these other places in the U.S. they've been to. And I'm just like, perfect. We're off. Of, we're off of my Florida story. We're not, talk, we're not talking about me anymore. Great. <laughs> so here's here's something I I want to bring up. I so. I was I read this in your blog and I would love to sort of hear your experiences. So I was reading your post and you mentioned that it was when you came back to the States that you started to know you got tested and noticed, noticed there was hearing loss. Is that accurate? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So prior to coming to the States, did you, I mean, did you notice any changes? Like no. was it something? Wow. Okay. I, uh, it's the same thing with the glasses. I had no idea I needed glasses until I went to the doctor and they were like, she needs glasses. And I was like, oh, so that's why I want to be so close to the board. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just, you know, you, you're a child. And so, like, I never, I was never really, I mean, I'm not, that's the wrong way to say it, but I never really 
said anything to my parents. Like I never complained about anything. My brother was always the one who said stuff like, oh, my eyes hurt, I have a headache or whatever. Mm -hmm. And me, I was always just. Even feel. It is what it is. And uh, I did not see it being as abnormal. Mm -hmm. So I guess because I had no base beforehand, like I didn't notice my eyes getting progressively worse or anything or my hearing getting progressively worse because it was always there, I guess. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. And so when we went to the States and uh, finally got hearing tested and it was like, oh, would that make sense? (laughs) Did you, so was it, was it hearing? I, I know they do this in the U.S. So you know how schools will definitely test for hearing. Was it just like a normal, the school did a test or was it? It was you, the school. It was the school. Okay. Yeah. I remember them coming in and doing that whole like, uh, where they bring in that big machine and they make you sit in with a, listen to the sounds or whatever. And apparently I didn't get any of the sounds. Uh, <laughs> I was just, I thought I was just sat in a quiet room. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> that's and, the first uh, sign yeah <laughs> oh, no. and uh the doctor was like she needs to see a, a specialist or whatever so and uh and s- yeah and so what did they what was there a reason behind like did they know what was the, was, was the cause or is it just it's just genetics i guess wow unfortunate okay. genetics so then here's my question for you. You've moved to a new, you've returned to the U.S., I guess, and yeah. you get this news. How does that sort of change your, <laughs> your, 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 not transition experience, but kind of in the community you're living in, like your, what is, why I'm having a brain fart, integration, like did that change your experiences as you were, or it was just, just another thing? <laughs> I think I was just, uh. I was just quiet because nobody understood what I was saying in the first place. Because uh, mm. I would ask questions and people would not really respond to me anyway. So I just kind of <laughs> talked okay. less. <laughs> no. Uh, so, uh, but I didn't really notice anything. And it wasn't until high school that I realized it was because my parents didn't get me hearing aids or anything because uh, I essentially refused to get them. I was like, no, 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 it's fine or whatever. My parents were just like, okay, uh, the doctor says you're okay for now anyway, so just stay away from loud noises, I guess. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until high school when things started getting really bad because I could, I would miss out half the conversations that people were saying and then I would answer back and it would be either I missed the whole conversation or they were talking about something yeah. completely different and then it got awkward and I think uh to be honest I I I think it did actually hurt my uh whole uh integration because I wasn't able to socialize in the same way I just became an awkward kid who tried to stop talking but wanted to talk yeah yeah wow you know what I think that that is actually a really good stopping point because we're going to go to break and then we're going to pick up on, okay, what happens when the TCK grows up and decides to, <laughs> to go abroad? Okay. <laughs> so let's just hold on for the break and we'll be back after these messages. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, 
I'm sorry. I was laughing off the air because Krista dropped some information that I think is super important. She's covering her face, but I'm going to say this anyway. So so I learned that she studied abroad at the University of Florida. If you're not from Florida or you're not from the States, that's in Gainesville. So she did stay at home in terms of where she grew up after living in the Bahamas. But here's my favorite part of this. She mentioned she studied abroad. And 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 would you like to tell the people where you studied abroad or should I tell the people where you studied abroad? I could tell them. I went to okay, Ireland. Because the non-Irish chick <laughs> who moved to Gainville and everyone thought she was Irish <laughs> ironically goes to Ireland. And let me, let me not poo-poo on it. I've heard Ireland is gorgeous and so and so so it it is what it is but was that your first you know was that kind of your first young adult travel experience on your own or had you traveled to other places internationally oh that was definitely my first one yeah um I had I had been on I mean obviously I had been on planes before and when I went to visit uh when I went home back to the Bahamas like during breaks when I was living in the states I always flew on planes and sometimes I was alone so it wasn't uh but I never count that as my international because I was just it wasn't going to a new place. Gotcha. Yeah. But Ireland was your first like I am I am going abroad. How long were you there for a year or for semester or summer? It was for a semester. Yeah. What was yeah. I just uh, did uh, some more some archaeology stuff. And so, what was what was your experiences living in Ireland? Because I I know that sometimes for folks who come from I know this is really basic, but they'll come from countries where they speak the same languages, and like especially if they're Western countries, and they're like, oh, it's going to be just like living in the U.S. or Canada. Was it different, or was it, you know, it was just what it was? It was different. The accent, I did not have a hard time with, as some people did. It was, I mean, it's, it's a very loose comparison, just to clear it up. It's a very loose comparison, but it was almost like listening to a, um, a not, a, almost like hearing the Bahamian accent. I, I can understand almost. that. I can understand that. Uh, had the had the, t- the lilts and everything, and then instead of uh, saying, instead of pronouncing the T-H, they pronounced just the mm-hmm. T. So tree instead of three, et cetera. I mean, obviously I had a fantastic experience there and it really broadened my horizons in a way that I don't think I would have if I went uh, somewhere mm-hmm. else. And I felt like I could finally be an adult for the first time. Um, it was it was a good time. What did you study in college? I was arche- I'm an archaeologist. Okay. And so, yeah, still, and still <laughs> which is why you're in Sweden. By the way, I, I yeah. feel like you're the first archaeologist I've met. Of course, my first thought is Indiana Jones, but <laughs> not. <laughs> was he an archaeologist though? Uh, you know, I mean, he, he did a lot of things that were I mean, wrong. I'm not saying they um, were I would right. Say. I, but yeah, I'm, so you, so you were an archaeology major, and then. Did you, so you went to the, um, you went to Ireland and I know that eventually you would do your graduate degree in the UK, correct? Yes. How, how did you go straight after undergrad or was there some time in between? There is a little bit of time in between. I think, uh, was it that much time? I applied in my final year, um, cause I finished in December, uh, for my undergrad. And so I applied when the applications were due, I think in October or something, uh, and then I got accepted in April and then I was in the UK the next um so it was Ireland and then graduation and then acceptance and then moving again. Were you studying archaeology at the graduate level? Because I know you had a bit of a career t- yeah. switch. Okay, so you so academically you've been on this archaeology train for a minute. Yeah. I did uh when I did my undergrad, I started off with nursing. Oh. So I did my first two years in nursing and then I was like uh yeah this ain't my jam uh and then I switched what what sparked the interest in archaeology eh I've always been interested in archaeology um it was always but I just never thought it was a plausible uh thing to do and uh my parents obviously they didn't they wanted me to pursue something like law or economy or something not 
archaeology. <laughs> right. And, uh, but when I said I was, when I went home, because in the States it's called anthropology. When I went home one day and I said I was changing my major to anthropology, my parents were like, oh, okay. And they then, didn't know uh, but I guess they didn't. Th- <laughs> no, but I think they just thought, like, oh, she'll change her mind. It'll be fine. You know, she'll, she changes her mind regularly. <laughs> And uh, I didn't turn my mind on that. So, <laughs> how long? How long were you in the UK for doing your graduate degree? Uh, the graduate degree is a year, uh, but I was there for a year and a half, uh, just trying to find out where my next step was. And I ended up moving back to the states for a few years, um, which was okay. And that's what I worked in finance. Is what I moved back to the states. Um, did you move back to Florida, or did you go somewhere else? Yes. Okay, so. I went I went right back to Florida. I went back to the same house, the same town. I mean, my options were limited at the time. Y'all can't see her face, but she's just like, man, I, yeah. I just came from Europe and I'm back in Gainesville. And the thing is, I told my I told my parents, I was like, I am not gonna come back when I when it, when I was living in the UK. I was like, I'm not gonna go back to Florida, I'm not gonna go back to Gainesville, I'm gonna move to like so anywhere else in the US. Okay. And then uh, you know, you need money for yeah. that. And uh so I moved back home because uh, my parents were gonna be like, Well, you can stay here for a while until you figure out your next step and everything, so and then I found a job in Gainesville. So. so let's talk about that. So you worked in, yeah. how long did you work in finance for? Uh, two and a half years. Okay. I, this is where I'm in. Yeah. This is where I'm intrigued because you've yeah. got a brand called The Ritual Thinker, <laughs> yeah. which is particularly focused on finance and debt reduction and information. Um, and I think it's especially helpful for, I think it's helpful for everyone, but I think it's also helpful if you are younger and you're also getting started in all these things. Yeah. Was that sort of the catalyst for that? Or was it really more what was just going on in your life? And, and you? It was things that I saw when I was in uh, working in finance. Um, because I was uh, front facing and I would deal with people from, um, I wouldn't say all sorts of incomes, but generally lower to middle income. And, um, and I was watching some of them struggle. Mm-hmm. And of course, like from my, I could help in what way I could, but I obviously had to have the bank backing of the bank behind me and uh, I could only do things their way yeah. if I wanted to do anything. And so the, the when I moved uh, to Sweden, I realized that there was an opening that maybe I could try and fill for some of these people who uh, still think they needed some help. And if people need, wanted the help, then they could, you know, ask or whatever. It wasn't really, I just was like, I want, I didn't want people to continue struggling in the way they were, essentially. Yeah. So I know, so that kind of leads me to this question. You're, you are in Sweden because you're currently pursuing a PhD in, orche- in archaeology. Yes. Was that part of your financial strategy or was it just... The, the program that worked for you or you just wanted to live in Sweden? Uh, it was uh, pretty much all of the above. Uh, moving, I wanted it to, I wanted to move to Scandinavia, really. And uh, I had been to Denmark um, and I had spent four hours in Sweden, but it's not really anything to like, yeah. you know, you don't really get to know anything. Uh, so I hadn't been in Sweden for that long. And originally there was a project that came out, um, when I was working and I wanted to be on that project. It was so interesting. And that's what got me into thinking. So at the time I wasn't, I wanted to go back to the UK for my PhD at the time. I hadn't really looked elsewhere in Europe. Uh, but then this program came up and I looked at it and I applied for it. I got rejected, unfortunately, but I was like, you know, whatever it's move on. It happens. And I applied the following year, which is when they accepted me. And uh, I knew that they would allow me to pick my own project. So I could, you know, essentially be the equivalent of an early stage researcher and create my own project. And it would be, you know, all on me, which I wanted. And then um, I would also have the financial backing to be able to pursue that project. I wouldn't have to go and search for funding Mm. um, and apply for all these grants and everything, which is what would happen if I went to some other places. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that was part of like, it was kind of like all of the above. And I wanted to, I, I just wanted to experience what it was like in Scandinavia. People always talk so much, so highly about it. And I was like, oh, let's go see what they're about. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I guess with, with what you're studying and where you are, do you find that people often ask you about how they can study abroad or to do a degree outside of the U.S.? Yeah. Yeah, I get messages from uh, mostly on Instagram yeah. about uh, like how I did it, um, what kind of programs are they could do. Is there like a you know a specific way that they could look for or whatever? Uh, but I, I, you know, I send them some links whenever they ask, you know, how to get started and everything. But uh, and if they're doing archaeology, then I have even more links because I know all the websites and all the funding websites. I, you know, it's. There's a lot more build out because that's what I'm in. Yeah. But uh, if they ask for other fields, then I can always send things. But uh, it's usually if they ask, that I just you're like, okay, well, here you go. Here's here's all the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's what I have. <laughs> what do you What do you think? I I mean, just in terms of like financial education, because I know you are part of, and I'm going to ask you to explain the acronym kind of focus on the FIRE movement. And so for those who don't know what that is, that stands for? <laughs> Financial independence, retire early. Okay. So that, I feel like that's yeah. kind of self-evident, really, in the sense that I assume that's probably a goal of yours. Uh, yeah. Um, however, I'm doing it a little bit differently because uh, I don't... I mean, no, if people want to retire early. That's, you know, on them. It's more of a personal decision for me. I am more of the... Uh, I want to have long vacations, mini retirements, essentially. Like I want to be able to, you know, go on a six month vacation, a year long vacation and just, you know, and then come back to work because I do love archaeology. It's not if I had chose a different degree, maybe I'd feel a little differently, but I chose the field that I loved. So I feel like doing mini retirements would be more of a a better idea for me and then I wanted to be financially independent because there are going to be some times where uh you know there might be lulls in my um in my career only because I'm applying for grants and you know trying to move on to the next thing and I wanted to be prepared for that and I also want to be picky about where I'll be next mm. I don't want to take the first thing mm. it's really interesting because I think with your field you could be anywhere in the world right Mm, I mean, the, yeah. the door is, <laughs> for all we know, you could be in Jordan, <laughs> right? You could be. Yeah, I could go pretty much almost anywhere. Right, and, and doing the yeah. work. How do you take the financial principles in terms of, of this program and take it wherever you are? So are there things that you have to do different? Like one of the challenges, for example, for a lot of young Americans and honestly, a lot of older Americans are student loans, Right. And so I know we've gotten questions with the work that I do with the black expat. I mean, here's, okay. I'm just going to, I'm up with this. I'm just going to put this out here because this question came up in the middle of COVID where people yeah. would say, Hey, I want to move abroad. Um, can I just not pay my student? I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm like, uh, no, but <laughs> you yeah. keep, that's not the place. That's not how it works. <laughs> Uh, and so I, I assume you're getting those questions too, where people are like, "Oh, you're in Sweden. Did you yeah. get away from whatever debt that you, you had?" It's like, no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> so how how do you you know how are you able to sort of stay on your financial goals even though you are somewhere else and I. I'm assuming, of course, dealing with different currencies, different financial responsibilities. Is it easier? Is it more difficult? Is it just a matter of being organized? Like, how how are you as a student basically able to do this? Uh, I would actually say in Sweden, it's a lot easier for me to do it because one, I get paid a salary here because um, it's just how they, they pay PhDs here because you're essentially researching and everything and doing work. Um, so you get paid here. And uh, I live in student housing uh, because I'm eligible for that. And it's like half the price of what it would be in normal housing because uh, otherwise I'd be be half my income. Uh, and uh, I just, 
I just transfer the money over what I need to send over every month or you, sometimes I'll save up every three months and then send it all off um, to the U.S. and then pay it off, whatever it is then. But um, it's a, I feel like I didn't have this experience when I lived in the U.K. because I didn't have to. I had student loans when I was in the U.K. Um, so I didn't have to pay it while I was there. But I've not sure how it is in other countries, but in Sweden, at least, because in European countries, I mean, because in Sweden, everything's taken care of socially. So I don't have to worry about um, any additional debt as to like healthcare or anything like that. And I live in the city. And so I don't have to worry about a car. I don't have to. So technically, those expenses have dropped for me. Um, so with all so that with that money, I'm not I guess, spending on those items, I can actually save it and send it off or invest it or whatever I calculate is uh, appropriate. So I feel like it's easier, in my experience, to pay them while living abroad. Mm. Because it sounds like your quality of life is better. So you don't have to, right. I mean, I think for those of us, for example, in the US, the challenge is so many places in the states need a car yeah that that's that's an exp- like to get to a job to get anywhere and then if there's no bus route there's no yeah metro i mean gainesville i'm pretty sure you need a car <laughs> yeah uh the bu- nearest bus stop was uh f- if i walked quick it was 45 minutes away wow. yeah i mean so uh, if i walked really quickly i don't even know where the bus <laughs> No, I do know where the bus stop is near me and it's not, no, it's not close. It's not close at all. So yeah. yeah so if you don't have those expenses and, and yeah. obviously you are on a budget, <laughs> that's, yes. the, that's the key part of anything. I think then you're able to make yeah. it. Let me flip this question around um, because we, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, obviously there are a lot of people in Eng- in, in England, in Sweden who speak English. Yeah. But then, yes, I assume everything is also first in Swedish, right? Yes. As someone who, in your case, you you have experienced hearing loss, is it more of a challenge when you travel trying to navigate, or is it you figured out a system that just works for you, especially in countries where you may not speak the language? Um, in uh. Usually I wear my hearing aids, so it kind of helps or whatever. But if I don't have them on, then I live in a very quiet world, uh, which, you know, I like. I, I'm u- very used to it. Uh, so it's kind of one of those things, whenever I put my hearing aids on, I'm just like, oh, I can hear everything. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I can hear it all. And I'm just like, ooh, oh, I don't yeah. like that anymore. Same. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have gotten used to... Um, I'm trying to think, like, I've never really had any problems, to be honest, uh, when it comes to most of the countries that I have visited. Uh, I they, they speak one of the languages I speak. So I speak Spanish as well. Okay. So I haven't had any problems. I think the only place I had a problem was in France, because uh, I do not speak French. Yeah. And uh, it's easier. it was easier for me to get by with Spanish in France than it was for me to do english i understood uh yeah because it's a romance language and everything but uh i wouldn't say was i had too many issues i think if i went to a place where uh it's a completely different language like the writing is a different language then i think maybe i'd have a little more difficulty but um not really very cool you know we talk a lot about sort of the way people navigate both with Physical concerns, invisible and 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 non or visible and invisible, and so I was always wondered how if there if there's something that's nuanced to your experience. But so far, you've also been in countries where you speak the language, and I think that I think that yeah. makes a big difference. To be very honest, um, yeah, I think uh, the only issue is when you're trying to learn a language, which is where I'm having problems with. Yeah, but uh, and that has to do with the hearing. Yeah, but. Um, I don't think getting if you're in there for just a few days, I don't haven't noticed any no problems. I'm not really talking to anyone anyway. So, <laughs> are, you, are you are you learning Swedish or do you know Swedish? Yes, you are learning Swedish. I'm learning it. Uh, I can have a small conversation 
uh, like at work or whatever. But um, I I can't do like a presentation of my research or anything like <laughs> you're that. Not, you're not. So. Although to be fair, sometimes it's hard to do it in English. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> what do you what do you like about li- living in Sweden as it compares to living in the states or maybe even the UK? I really have to say the social aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I've. I always upset people from the UK about this, but I had a very bad experience with the NHS. Um, so I don't like them. Uh, and I won't get into why, because that's a whole, that's a whole thing. But uh, in Sweden, I have had no problems with the hair care system. Um, I was able to actually get seen. Um, they actually listened to my problems. And uh, I was actually able to get whatever it was fixed on time. And I got um, paid sick leave as well. So you could get 80% of your income, depending on where your income is. Um, So you get 80% of that. And then you're able to survive on that for however time you need to be on sick leave. And uh, that is something I never got in the States. I got five days. I didn't get 30 vacation days here. And when I found out about that, I was just like, Did you cry? 30 days. Like, what do I do with 30 days? And now I'm just like, and now I'm like, I'm too spoiled. I can't go back to 10 days. <laughs> you cannot come back. <laughs> I mean, but the, you know what, though? That's the, I mean, that's the biggest challenge, even on a financial, on the financial scale, right? In the US, medical issues, right? Medical yeah. concerns, medical health care. That's the, one of the biggest chunks yeah. of why people go into debt. And declare bankruptcy, right? Yeah. It's because of medical care. So yeah. And then on top of that, to be able to have days off without feeling like there's repercussions, yeah. not everyone gets that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think like part of the whole, I've talked to other Americans I know here about this and uh, apparently it's still, and I've talked to other Europeans I know as well, and they all have noticed this, that the Americans will wait until the last possible moment to go to the hospital or they'll avoid going to the hospital. <laughs> because it's essentially ingrained in them you only go when it's you know you're about to die literally because uh, <laughs> literally because you you don't want to exactly you don't want to have that massive bill or whatever and uh and i guess it still kind of is retained when you come abroad i guess we're because so, i we're conditioned right we're just like i don't want to yeah, pay that exactly. bill there so, we go conditioned yeah it's got to be really bad before you know exactly. we decide to go and that's Really sad, actually, because you're trying to yeah, do it's, it's it is preventative. You're not trying to be like yeah. reactive, and I need this, right? What do you exactly? What do you um in in terms of just even studying in, in Sweden? Is it do you find that it's just a well? And I, you're getting your doctorate, so it is a little bit different. Is it just a different experience than when you were at UF in Florida? Uh, yeah, 100%. Not just because of just the level of, um, uh, the level of studies or whatever. Um, also, at one point, I was like a supervisor to essentially the bat- a bachelor student who, bachelor student here in Sweden. And I talked to them about their experience of being a bachelor student and everything. And, um, the main things it was is essentially cheaper if you're, uh, if you're a citizen and uh she had the girl told me she had student loans and uh i can't remember exactly what her interest rate was but that was the part that shocked me the most i think it was like one percent or less than one percent wow and it gets forgiven if you never make a certain income make above a certain income or something and uh this is years ago when she told me all this so i don't remember the exact details but i was just like Excuse me. <laughs> First of all, one percent isn't a thing. Like what? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And um, it's only three years, depending on which program you're in, as well. So you only have um, <clears throat> and it's completely focused on what you want to study. So you don't do the whole first two years that you have to do in the U.S. or anything like that. So, I mean, there's plus and positives to it because I think those two years are very important. Um, it's a personal opinion, mm-hmm. but uh. It's just, it's way different. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. 1% though. I'm stuck on. <laughs> even. I was just like. Even on the lowest day, the lowest I've ever seen is 2.3, 2.5. Yeah. You saw 2.3. Okay. Because the lowest I've ever seen is like 5%. Because, okay. 
<laughs> I'm probably older than you then because I have, I have seen like <laughs> on loans that were taken out a while ago. Yeah. I've seen 2%, 2, 3% on oh, federal wow. loans. Yeah. Okay. On federal loans. Mm-hmm. Dang. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying they always <laughs> stay there, but I, <laughs> but it has been, <laughs> uh, I just, but either way, it's unreal. Yeah. Is the cost, is the cost of the degree you're doing overall just cheaper in Sweden comparatively? If you, oh yeah. Okay. I don't have, I don't have to pay tuition or anything. Oh yes. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't have, uh, uh, all, I mean, if I have to buy books then I buy books, but I could usually buy them, buy them. I could usually borrow them from the library or, you know, um, everything's almost, I don't know how it is for master students or undergrads exactly. Uh, but for me, I just have to most every, I don't have to buy anything. I don't have to pay for tuition. Uh, but I think if I did an undergrad degree as a U.S. citizen, I would have to pay. Yeah. But, uh, I don't, I think, I don't know how much it is. I think it's still cheaper than some places yes. in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, I feel like eyes closed, it's still cheaper than what you have to pay yeah. in the U.S. That's why I went to the UK because it was cheaper than being in the US for my master's degree. Oh I, there's a part of me that wishes I did my graduate degrees not in the US. I mean, if you can even get into, um, you know, I think if you can even get into Canada in some cases, it could still yeah. be cheaper than than doing it in the US, depending on what the program is. But yeah, <sighs> that's that's just one of those yeah. things. <laughs> So I, as I, as I wrap up, I like to ask this question. Um, there are three questions I like to ask folks. They're not, they're never the same okay. question, but I call them the lightning round because I just like to, I like to hear what the guests are thinking. So no stress, just whatever comes to your mind. Oh, okay, good. You actually look excited. All right. First question. If it is your first time in Sweden, so if someone's visiting Sweden for the first time, what's one thing they should absolutely do? They, if they go to Stockholm, they need to go to this uh, bakery called Vetekatten and they need to get a cinnamon bun because it is, if you're coming from the US, it is very different from a cinnamon and it's much better than cinnamon. <laughs> okay. That was very particular. <laughs> and no, 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 she's not a sponsor. That was, <laughs> that was very particular. <laughs> Number two, what is one piece of financial advice you would give to someone who's thinking about studying abroad? Apply for as many international grants as possible. Um, if you do not think you're eligible for it, apply for it anyway. Uh, because the worst thing they can tell you is no, and the best thing they can tell you is yes. And um, sometimes uh, if Sometimes they have to give it to somebody. And if only a few people apply, they'll give it to the most eligible person. And it might be you. So just apply. All right. Final question. So subtracting any of the other places you have been or traveled to, what's the next country you'd like to go to? I really want to visit Croatia. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If they, if they listen, oh my gosh. I, so last season, the very last episode, my editor interviewed me. Long story short, she currently is in Croatia. And then we got on a whole tangent about the Czech Republic. But yes, Croatia is definitely up there. Why Croatia? It just seems so, it seems like the cheaper version of Italy. Hmm. You know, and it just seems like it has, uh, I don't know, I like to go to play, I, I, I really like Eastern Europe. Uh, I know that's not the Eastern, really Eastern Europe, but I like that part of Europe. It's um, less touristy. They tend, you're able to find more local things to do and you're actually able to, because that kind of like comes from when my childhood, I hated being surrounded by touristy things, yeah. hated it. Uh, so I think I always search for countries in which it's less touristy as possible. Unfortunately, Croatia is becoming a very big deal. And so I'm being less inclined to go because I'm afraid it's going to be too tourism oriented if I end up 
finally going. Um, but it just seems like it'd be kind of almost off the beaten path, which I like. Which is all the reason why you should go in the near future so that then you can yeah. get there before the rest of the tourists do. Or, you know, yeah. COVID, <laughs> COVID ends, whatever. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, Krista, thank you so much for this hour. This has actually had far more giggles than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a lot of fun as well. <laughs> this is really wonderful. I always put uh, the social media and the website information on our website and our social media. And so if you're looking for Krista, you can find her at richfulthinker.com or you could also visit us on theblackexpat.com and we'll have all her information up. Thank you again for joining me for this episode. Thank you for having me. This has been, this has been great. You've just listened to an episode of The Global Chatter, which is hosted by me, Amanda Bates. It is edited by Stephanie Ficcio. Don't forget to subscribe to The Global Chatter on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Global Chatter or stop by Twitter and find us at Global Chat Pod. If you have a question, want to subscribe to the newsletter or are interested in sponsoring, visit theglobalchatter.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.